Accomplishment Coaching is proud to present the following fine programming. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. AccomplishmentCoaching.com. Welcome to The Coaching Show with your host, Master Certified Coach, Christopher McAuliffe. That's me. Thank you, Dick Warren. My name is Christopher McAuliffe. Just like the man said, Master Certified Coach, a coach in private practice for 27 years. That's how old I am. Uh, in studio today, we have our guest co-host. I call you guest because we don't pay you. Uh, that would be Alex Terranova. You're, you're a coach, too. I am a coach for five years now. This is my anniversary. Congratulations. Are you going to get me something? I, I do have something for you. It's yeah. in a card. Oh, okay. That's yeah, nice. You're hard to shop for. That's nice. My, do you, what do you my, do? do for, you don't know my love languages, so you wouldn't know how to tell show us all. Me your love. Tell us all. I think everybody would like um, to know your love language. Uh, I think. Well, with you, it's physical touch. With other people, <laughs> um, that's why we can't have nice. You know, things. I would say words of affirmation. So a card probably is, goes a long way with me. Mm, nice. There's money in it. Oh well, then that's. Um, those are words from directly from the president. So that's uh, oh, please better. don't bring the president into this. Well, he's All not right. on money, is he? Did something change while I was gone? <laughs> uh, tell the people about. We've got a great show today. And we have to get to it, but you've got a big deal. You had something happen. Oh yeah. Well, I went. I went out to Joshua Tree for uh, two days to create um, content for a documentary that I'm that I'm working on, and. It's, it has to do with chakras and energy, and part of the experience, one of the women that we met with is a modern medicine woman, woman. and she goes, do you guys want to have a hape experience? And I'm like, I don't know. Can I drive after? Because we got to drive back. A hape experience? Hape, yeah. It's, no it's... woman has ever offered me that, no, <laughs> no male. And, and there, so there were, there were three of us working on this project, and we said yes, because she said you can drive. It's, it's not. It's ancient. You know, medicine, you're not going to be under the influence or anything. When we say medicine, do we mean it's a hallucinogenic company? No, no, no. no. Oh, okay. that, we probably wouldn't have been able to drive then. But yep. it's a... Um, Don't drive. I guess they describe it as it... And I'm going to say this wrong. It, like, decalcifies your pineal gland. Your I don't know what it's... It's, like, it's the gland where your third eye would be. And um, so you it gets... This is crazy, but it gets blown up your nose. So you, she has a pipe in her mouth. And then another end of the pipe in your nose, and you take deep breaths, and then it's like, and it hits you like, um, I don't know, like wasabi or horseradish. Oh. And it just, everything clears. I sat there, and then I just started to cry. Wow. And I just. Because it hurt so bad. No, no. It was oh. just like suddenly overcome with like sadness and emotions and joy and peace. And like all of it just kind of went through, and then I was just super clear. Wow. Yeah. And that was not expected. This not, was, I had no idea. Not. what. No, no, not expected at all. Well, thanks for doing that. Yeah, it was fun. Okay, hape. Hape. So we want to have yeah, a hape Yeah, experience. yeah, hape. But it's spelled, <laughs> should I spell it? Um, it's spelled R-A-P-E. Oh, that's But there's an okay. accent mark over the E. It's, is, I guess it's another, it's from it's another language. You know. So, I'm so, so sorry that I said yes. Okay. Yeah, but, you know. Uh-huh. Okay, hape. Let's just go with that. It's a yeah. hape experience. Uh, well, thanks for doing that. Thanks for the documentary that you're creating, and thanks also for being a guy who does, you know, who when somebody says, "Hey, do you want to have this experience?" Because I'd be like, "Nah, I'm an old person. Do I want to?" You know. You know, I said no. Like my all, like when I was young, I didn't do stuff like this. Now I'm older, and I'm like, I want to try everything. 
Oh, so I have no excuse. So. I'm just in the, I got that. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, okay, uh, uh, conferences, anything? Most of us are at the time of year where we're about to go into the holidays, so a lot of uh, local ICF and other chapters of coaches are creating their um, leadership teams for next year and acknowledging their leadership teams. Did you do anything like that? I did not do anything. I had like to. That. I had to miss. Mm-hmm. I had to miss ours here because I went to my holiday party. Have you done any holiday parties? I have not. Oh man. And yeah. We had a holiday party, and um, it's just you know, there's so many things that could go wrong, and this is where we want to start. I think today with our extraordinary guest, we're delighted to have her with her, uh, with us, I should say. Uh, Abby Medcalf is a psychologist, an author, and a speaker who has helped thousands of people create happy, connected relationships. She's got a unique background in both business and counseling and over 30 years of experience. So she's a recognized authority. She's worked with Google and Apple and AT&T and more. She's an author, the number one Amazon bestselling book, Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing. We're going to talk about relationships. And I think like us. You and I. <laughs> By the way, my coffee a little cold now. Um, okay, so... Here's the thing. Here's where I want to start today, because it's the holidays. We're all doing uh, family and relationship things, right? I just said we had the holiday party, so there's mm-hmm. interesting, like sometimes crossover in relationships at work, and and or you know people say things they maybe shouldn't or wouldn't otherwise say. And to me, I have said for years, the foundation of any successful enterprise is communication. But Abby, you want to you want to challenge that? You actually assert that most of us aren't dealing with communication problems. And welcome. Hi, it's so nice to be here. Thank you for having me. Thanks for being had. And what about this communication thing? Let's get into it. Well, here's the deal. So yeah, people have been, and I've been at this longer than you. How do you like that? 34 years. And uh, I can tell you that over the years, and no matter if I'm working, you know, with a CEO in a business or with a couple in my office, it is the same. They come and say, oh, our number one problem is communication. And I have to and tell you say, them what? that they're wrong. <laughs> they're wrong. That's uh-huh. not what it is. The number one problem that is actually stopping your communication, the thing that's under that is competition. Competition. We wow. compete. Yeah. We compete. And let's talk about a personal relationship. We say things like, it's your turn to put away the dishes. Uh, you have to pick up the slack around here. You know, you need to take things off my plate. We say all this kind of stuff and it's, it's competition, right? It, it's your turn. We mm. take turns in games. That's a, that's a problem if we're taking turns in our relationships. And so if it sets us up, one wins and one loses. And if I'm worried about losing, I'm not cheering for you to win. How, do, how does that, so if, if, I'm sorry that, to interrupt, but how does that bounce off you? How Just does right that? Off, well, no, I'm, well, I'm right off the right, yeah, right off the back. I've never, I've never even thought about that or heard. Uh-huh. I wouldn't associate like it's so in the blind. It's so in my blind spot. I would never think, oh, I did this. It's your turn. I would think like, hey, that's us working together. I did it. You right. know, now it's your turn. But I, but I hear it as a. That's so. That's it's. It's great when things you know right in your blind spot are now slapped in your face, <laughs> right? And the and the thing that I'm that I'm thinking about is um, one of the things in the in the in the holiday party, right? So this is people from work, and you know we usually operate within a pretty narrow scope of communication, right? Hey, did you do the thing, or is the thing sent, or did we get that done? But in this case, we're just hanging out. Right. And so there's that time between like when you're just after the greeting because you're pretty, pretty set up for like, oh, how are you? Great to see you. Right. Mm-hmm. But then what? 
So I noticed that I was like trying to guide the conversation and trying to give us topics to talk about and things like that. How does it? In, how does this show up in um, in a more social setting, or especially an awkward social setting, as apparently my office is? Uh, well, okay. So the other thing that's going on is that our conscious brains process information at a rate of fifty bits per second while our unconscious brains process information at a rate of 11 million bits per second. So people do not hear what you say, they hear what you mean. So if you're standing there and you're feeling awkward, no matter what words come out of your mouth, people are picking up on that awkwardness. Oh, this is, and so unconsciously they're thinking, does this person not really want to talk to me? Uh, oh, they're really nervous. Is there something to be nervous about? Is there something bad about to happen? Right, they get anxious the yeah, also. So. Mm -hmm. And then you have two anxious people trying to be relaxed and have a conversation. That's hence why like people show. drink a lot at these parties. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It is right. We had we had one glass of champagne or whatever is approved, and then and then we were like, we we need more. Well, when we at these parties, there's also all these um, rules because it's still work, right? We're not just it's not just. I mean, there's rules everywhere, but right. the rules that if we're all just at a bar and we don't know everyone are different than the rules with our work at mm -hmm. a at an organization. And I think, and nobody trains us. We're not taught how to right. how do you have fun at a work party while still you know, not crossing any inappropriate work boundaries. And people don't know, people like people don't know this. I, I came from the restaurant and hospitality industry. A lot of inappropriate you know, a behavior work, there. A work Christmas party was like, it might have it been a like a, a frat sorority slumber party. <laughs> I mean, but then you go into a, a, you know, a professional situation and that's not, that doesn't work. That's like, that's, it's not acceptable. Right. Okay. So there's awkwardness and there's competition. There's sort of, we're, we're defining it as a communication issue most of the time. I am anyway. But it's mm -hmm. not a communication issue. It's a competition problem. So that seems like an even more challenging thing for us to take on. How do we deal with competition problems? Oh, yeah. So it's easier this way because when you come down to it, so your goal is not to be in competition. Your goal is to collaborate. Your goal is to be together to understand that every relationship, it's the shared resource. Hmm. So my one with my partner, it's a shared resource. If I'm looking for them to take things off my plate, it's the same plate. They, they can't take anything off of it. It's not how it works. So I'm if I'm draining them, I'm draining me. It's the same thing at work or anywhere else. If when we're in competition, we're not creative, you're not taking risks, you're afraid to, you know, something bad might happen. You might look stupid or someone might take your deal or whatever. Right. So you're in that competition. You're not as creative as you can be. You're not in problem solving mode. You're not doing all the things that you can do in any relationship to make it better. So what you want to do is go in with an intention. I call it the 18 second shift because I've timed it and that's all it takes. I'm ready. 18 uh, second shift an average of about 18 seconds to set a clear intention before you walk into anything. So for example, before my clients come in the office, I take that 18 seconds and I set intention. I did it before I got on this call. Hmm. I do it before I do everything. And what I do, it's just a moment and I close my eyes or not. Sometimes I'm somewhere where I can't and I'll just pick a point. But, uh, and all I do is I really focus my attention on how I want to be. And I align that with my thoughts, my actions, my unconscious, all of it. I'm going to align it all to be how I want to be. Do I want to be at ease? Do I want to be fun? Do I want to be 
patience is usually my issue. I'm not very patient. I'm sorry, so what? Often I'm, I'm studying. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> intention so, for patience. And so what I'm hearing is it's one thing. You're not writing a book. You're not yep. sentences nope. or poetry or limericks. This nope. is one thing. Like I'm going to bring, <laughs> yep. I'm going to bring clarity, or I'm going to bring. What would you bring yes. if you were going to bring something to this conversation? Uh, play. Yeah, beautiful. That's, there you go. Okay, fun. Nice. Right. Okay. Now, so this, you think, oh, sorry. No, I'm. T- we're just. This is how conversation works. I'm told by my <laughs> Italian wife. Um, so, uh, so what I'm hearing though is we can use this in, when we go home for the holidays or when we see family or may, you yes. know sometimes we have the same sort of awkwardness around the holidays because there's Uncle Jim and we haven't seen Uncle Jim in a couple of years or since this time last year, right? So, do you do the same thing for that? And if so, doesn't that everything? Uh, doesn't that end after the first eggnog or something? No. So that's where attention training or what we call mindfulness often comes into play, where you want to be aware in your moments. So one of the tips uh, that I give is the biggie always is to be prepared before you go in. That's number one. Got it. So you would set intention before you go in. You would uh, sit for a moment. You know, you'd have an exit plan. In, in if you're going somewhere stressful, have an exit plan where people already know, oh, I have to leave in an hour. Uh, so that it doesn't seem weird when you leave in an hour, you know, <laughs> Did I say have, an hour? I've had 10 minutes. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, whatever, or five minutes in my family, but whatever it is, <laughs> you know, you, you do your thing, you set it up. Then when you go in, you also want to have tools while you're there. So one of those is to be, uh, I tell folks, set a reminder on your phone to go off every hour or every even half hour when you're at an event. If it's somewhere where it brings up any anxiety, any awkwardness, anything like that, where you don't feel completely at ease. And when that goes off, all you do is sort of notice it, turn it off, and just sort of notice where you were. Oh, boy, I was all anxious. Wow, my chest feels tight. Or, wow, I'm really hungry. (laughs) I haven't eaten in a while. Whatever it is. And you bring yourself to center. And again, set that intention. Renew your intention. Oh, yeah okay, I'm going to be really focused. I'm going to be really mindful in all of my interactions. I'm going to be really giving in all my interactions. Every place I go, every conversation I have, I'm going to think about how I can help with be a service. Uh, that's one of my favorite ones. So whatever that is, that's what you're bringing in. And you just remind yourself during the party, the conversation, the whatever, to keep coming back. And you guys know about the RAS, right? Depends on what the RAS is. Yeah, I don't, I don't <laughs> the reticular activating system. Oh yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, right, it's been around business forever. Reticular activating system. What you're doing is you're activating it, and basically your RAS is your. It's a filter between your conscious and your unconscious mind, and whatever you think oh, yeah, about you consciously right. gets filtered into your unconscious as a as an instruction or order. And we all know this because whenever you have bought a new car. You've seen that car everywhere. Right. You've you as soon as you start thinking about the car, it's like, oh my gosh, there's great Nissan Pathfinders everywhere. You know, you, Tesla, you suddenly notice less. it. That's your RAS at work. Your conscious brain is thinking something. It sends it as an order to your unconscious to look for it. Yep. So if you're consciously thinking, wow, uh, my husband is always nagging me at these parties, then your RAS, your unconscious, it takes that as an order. Look for my husband nagging me at these parties. So that's number one. It'll see it everywhere. And number two, it'll filter out anything that doesn't match. Mm. So anytime my husband is supportive or or loving or thoughtful, mine always is, by the way, but you know, any of those (laughs) things, whatever they are, you won't even see it. And that's why people have such different experiences of an experience where you didn't say that. Yes, I did. No, I didn't. Where that competition comes looming again. 
So you can you can focus, you can train your RAS the way you want it with the setting intention. So it'll start looking for opportunities to be giving, to be playful, to be fun, to be patient. It's I love hearing you talk about all the different practices. I've done a version of this that I didn't know what I was doing, but we made something up with another coach and a good friend of mine where we set the intention of what we wanted our, you know, our Christmas to be like. And then we had the like support structure of like, Hey, if you need to like clear it out again, let's reach out, you know, we'll send some texts. And we, if we need to step out of the house, take a walk in on the phone, we can do that. Um, the other option was tequila, um, which which helps. But you know, like for me, I, my actually, family. my biggest thing is that I wanted when I'm with my family, I want to be more, I want to be more patient, and I want to be less uh, critical and judgmental because that's like the mm-hmm. it, that's how I grew up was like criticize, judge, Did try, you to, though? try to fix everybody's problems, <laughs> and everybody was doing this right. It wasn't like I learned it from. And when I go back, I really want to kind of just kind of like not talk, like just let people do what they're doing mm. and let it just pass and not make it a thing. But it, but to your point, like we get, it happens so quick. We get like pulled right in and all of a sudden you're like, I, I'm like, I can't believe I said that to my mom. Mm. I should now I have to apologize. And now, <laughs> so that's a great practice. 18 seconds to set an intention and then creating ways to pull yourself out. I love the reminder. By, yep. by having breaks and reminders. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the I- exit plan is useful for me because it always seems seems awkward right like uh, should we leave do you want to leave do you want to leave i'm having a good time well, well i'm not you know right do you have any tips yep. about this or anything that you've worked out with your husband secret codes anything abby uh, <laughs> uh no you know i actually am pretty comfortable with these things and do pretty well but in general <laughs> kind of your job. Uh, like if i go to a work party or i'm invited to something yeah i have a, a beginning and an end for sure and it's never as long as the party is Right. So if I'm invited to a networking thing for two hours, because all of us can keep it together for a shorter period of time pretty well. It's when it gets really extended and we start to lose our focus and we get almost too relaxed. Right. I want us to be, it's, it's, you know, in meditation, they tell you to be the ideas that you're relaxed, both relaxed and alert at the same time. And that is how I think of being anywhere. I want to be relaxed, but alert. And so, and obviously drinking too much, eating too much, taking drugs before any of those things will not help you be alert. So you want to really think of that. And, and to your, to your point earlier, I like to be the same everywhere. I have the same boundaries more or less at work that I do at home as I do when I'm buying groceries, as I do anywhere. I treat people in the same way everywhere. Obviously I'm speaking about different topics. But how I approach them, how I want to connect, I always want to connect, even with the person who's, you know, uh, putting my grocery through through the line. I always say something. I always connect with them. I have an intention of that all the time. And, And then leaving. It takes seconds. It doesn't take long. But when you have that everywhere, and I don't have this competition idea, I do, I'm not worried about what you're going to get, or we have to get out of here quick, or what about that person? I'm just in that I call it the 100% mode. Hmm. You know, it's if relationships are not 50-50, they're 100-100. And so you 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 don't need to worry about their 50% or 100% because that's co- the competition part. Your idea is just to be in your 100. And that's the only responsibility you have. Am I in my 100 in this moment? And then that's moment after moment after moment. I love that. I want to uh I want to 
get into more things. I don't know about you, but all my relationship questions are coming up. Are you, are they coming up for you, or are you just? I, I mean, we've mostly been. T- I'm thinking about like family stuff for most yeah. of this. Yeah. Um, but I don't. I haven't had. I haven't been married, so it's a different. It's a different conversation, right? Your family stuff involves your <laughs> romantic right. relationship. Jerry Seinfeld once said, and this was back in the day, he said, you know, people come up to me who are dating and they say, you know, how does the relationship work? And he says, no, no, you are having a nice time with somebody else. I am at war. <laughs> so, two different things. Um, we'll talk about that in a minute. I could see your face, Abby. The, uh, the thing that I want to do is le- make sure people know how to get a hold of you and how they can work with you. So first of all, the website is Abby, A-B-B-Y. Medcalf, M-E-D-C-A-L-F. That's A-B-B-Y, M-E-D-C-A-L-F.com. But how do you work with people? Is this like a one-on-one? Are you sort of a therapist mode? Are you? Is it better for people to work with you as a, as a speaker in a small or large group? How does it work? Uh, all of those things. So I do a lot of speaking. Um, I do workshops. People can, can meet with me uh, either online. I have people in other countries who meet with me or uh, here in my office. And they can also, I have lots of free things also. I have my my podcast, Relationships Made Easy. I have the book. Uh, I have a connection quickie video channel, (laughs) which are all about little connection quickies, Uh, short things, you know, what to do. There's a blog on my website. There's, I believe that everyone should have access to great information about how to improve their relationships. So what, whether or not they can pay or not, or whether or not they can get in to see me or not. So I have the whole range. The whole range. And it's all available by going to Abby, A-B-B-Y, Medcalf, M-E-D-C-A-L-F.com. Um, I, I want to get into this notion of competition a little bit more. And, you know, selfishly, I want to talk about it in relationships. But um, sure. is, there, is there an opportunity? Sorry, I'm going to do that after the break. Uh, is there an opportunity for people as they go through the holiday stuff with um, with their coworkers. For example, I was teasing both Alex and Adam, like I've got a card for them, I've got a little gift. This is one of the hardest times of year for me because I don't know what's an appropriate gift. I don't know who to give a gift to. I don't know if I should give my little gift card to my regular postal person or the person that took over for the holidays. You know, it's just, it feels like all I can do is lose. Any any advice or uh, places for us to look there? Yeah, absolutely. So again, think of that. Here we are in this giving mode, right? right? Which is the most wonderful thing to be doing, the generosity of that, the heart of that. But we're not in the heart of it. We're in the fear of it. Right. Yes. So you have to lead with love. You you can't, you don't make good decisions based on fear. So if you're worried, like, what is this person going to think? What's going to happen? Is this too much money? Is this too little money? What are they going to think? Then we're not actually in giving mode anymore. And so it's not going to have any intended effect that we want because again, people pick up on all that vibration. So instead it's about really coming to center about who do you want to give things to who, what do you really want to give? Whatever that is, is what you do right there. Not what are they thinking? What is someone else going to think? Are they going to think they have to give it back? Are they none of that just in that full generous 100% mode? That's where it is. That's where it is. It reminds me of, and I don't know why, you know, we, we, how we get pulled off track from this. It's like when you buy a gift from someone unintentionally, right? You're on a trip, you see something, you're like, oh my God, that person yeah. would love this thing and you buy it. And it's not, you don't hold it as a big deal, but it was, it was bought out of connection, out of love, right. out of a thought. Mm-hmm. But then when there are times when we are supposed to buy things, right? Birthdays, holidays, oh. where all of a sudden that way of being gets like thrown out the window right. and it becomes yeah. like, 
How much money is it? What are they going to, you know, is it good enough? Right. It's, <laughs> it's so, I mean, I, I got my hair cut the other day and I went, oh, it's like the, I should, I should give her like a tip, a bigger tip. And then I was like, no, no, I'll be back before Christmas. Like, I have more time to figure this out. <laughs> but again, I, got, I fell into that like stress. I love what I love about this, and forgive me, Abby, but is that we do such a number in our head, right? That by the time we actually give the gift, because like for you, you know, you're like, would he like this gift card, or should I get him like something more personal, or should I get him like a tie, or what should I get him? And by the time a tie, it's, do you know me? <laughs> by the time it's, that's why I said it. Um, by the time we come to the gift, I'm just like, here's your freaking gift card, right? Because I've been freaking out so long. Do you have something for us, Abby? Well, but think of that. That is the competition, right? Believe it or not, that's competition. We're competing. We're thinking that there's, a again, a winner and a loser, a right and a wrong way. Uh, it, whenever you get into that, that's that's what competition is. There's no right and wrong way. There's only a bunch of ways <laughs> that we do things. So, Really, it's about coming back. This is when, again, setting intention, coming back to self and really learning to train your attention well so that in those moments, you notice when you're freaking out and have a moment and come back to that love. Like, oh, I just I really, really love Alex so much. You know, we have this total bromance. This is somebody really special to me. And maybe I'll just write that in a card. Right. I know men don't do that, but Alex likes words of affirmation. I heard that. So yeah, there you yeah. go. Okay. And then, uh, you know, maybe I'll just write that in a card and uh, maybe I'll give him flowers. I don't know. You know, just really something completely different so that I'm not caught up in. Because you see what happens when you're in that fear mode. It becomes very this or that. A yeah. uh, gift card or this or a tie. Right. When you get into love mode, it's very creative. It's like, oh, I could have a card. I could send a gorilla gram. I could send him flower. I could like, it's like, woo, everything opens up. And so that's, by the way, how you know when you're in yeah. fear state is when there seems like there's only one or two choices. Oh, that's so when, true. when things boil down like that, you can know that you're coming from the fear part of your brain, your amygdala, not the love part, the neocortex or prefrontal cortex. You're not coming from that. You, you just reminded me of another area where we do this and when we're, and I, I shouldn't speak for everyone, but I know I've done this in my life, dating, you know, I'm like going to go on a first oh, date or a date yes. and I'm thinking, of, and I'm thinking about what are we going to do? Where are we going to go? Is right. this restaurant good enough? Is this bar good enough? Is it too cheap? Is it too expensive? Is, right. And all of a sudden it's like the whole idea of this was supposed to be just be a fun right. thing. Like right. we don't even know if we're going to like want to hang out for more than 10 minutes. We should at least find something fun to do. But yeah, yeah. that's a great, like that idea of yep. that. I'm just in fear or anyone's in fear when we're thinking about that. Yes. It always comes down to those two emotions, love or fear. And when I say love, I mean, you know, kindness, compassion, gentleness, patience, thoughtfulness, you know, all the love-based emotions. And when I say fear, it's obviously also when we're anxious, depressed, overwhelmed, resentful, uh, angry, hateful, you know, it's when all the envious, jealous, it's when all those, it's, so it's, I just categorize in those two ways, but it's all the feelings within that. So that's how I check in. I just sort of check in. I notice how I'm feeling. And when I notice it's one of the fear-based emotions, I know I'm in the wrong part of my brain. <laughs> it's like, oops. And so I kind of take a breath. I set intention, get back to a love-based emotion, you know, seconds. let that stuff go, and then make my decision from there, not from this other place. It's really good. 
Let's talk about something. We've got about three minutes, so I'm going to, you know, maybe just scratch the surface here. But one of the things we all deal with, and some people especially at the holidays, is loneliness or sadness. Everything from missing our absent friends, relatives, and beloveds to, um, to truly being alone or lonely, right? Not having the sweetheart or the family or the relatives that you once had. Any words of advice or suggestions for dealing with mm-hmm. that? I know that, you know, coaches yeah, mostly you know, go into fixing mode. Go ahead. Yeah, <laughs> I do. I go into Jewish mother mode. I'm like, oh, come to my house. Right. Everybody, everybody uh, who doesn't have somebody, come. <laughs> Everyone come to Abby's house. Um, <laughs> it's really, I say it a lot, you know, you can't have a great relationship with anyone else until you have a great relationship with yourself. And so it's at those moments that I know I'm being called to look at my relationship to myself. There are millions of people in this world. So there are ways to connect everywhere. And if I'm missing those, and if I'm not seeing, you know, seeing these places where I can connect, and if I'm truly feeling alone, then I need to look at my connection with myself. That's that call. Uh, you can call it God, universe, source, whatever you might believe or not believe in, but mm-hmm. that's that call to have a look at yourself. So, uh, and you know, I'm pretty good company. I don't know. I like going <laughs> to movies with me. So, you know. <laughs> I can have fun doing that. And then although you may be going to the movies, so you don't have to talk to you, you know, if you think about it. (laughs) All right. So it's nice. You don't have to share your candy at the movies if you're alone, but you know what I'm saying? (laughs) It's, it's really at that point about working on your relationship with yourself and finding that space. Because if we're with other people, because we're trying to avoid being alone, that's not love. That's fear. Yeah. And you don't want to have relationships with people out of fear. But I, but I also hear, and maybe I'm picking up not what you're laying down, but I'm also hearing a call to allowing ourselves to feel our feelings and, and have the emotions yeah. we're having, right? Like sometimes when we're sad, we get busy or we get ang- I get angry about everything. And then I have to think, what am I, what's my real emotion here? And it's sad right. or fear or something else. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Anything you want to get in before the break, mister? I'm just thinking about how all year long people actually like loneliness is at like all time highs, mm-hmm. especially with social media and whatnot. And then your it, generation, it, too, then, yeah. and then it comes this, you know, holiday time. And I was, I was sharing with a friend yesterday where we talk about the idea of not only do we not have someone, but we don't have the, the fantasy of what we wanted to have. Right. So we don't have, right. The, it, there's like the double loss, the loss of the person and the loss of like, I wanted to invite introduce someone to mom or whatever. And I think there's the, I love the idea of like being with yourself, but then also um, like you can't have both. It doesn't have to be like, I just have to be with myself. I can also go try to cultivate these things. It doesn't have to be one yeah. or the other. Right. Absolutely. We're, we're social beings. We're meant to connect. And so again, if you always have that intention of connection, and that's what I would say, if you're feeling very lonely, make sure whenever you leave your house, you set an intention to connect. And practice that everywhere. Again, with the you know person when you pay for gas, when you whatever, uh, and even think of that. Are you doing? Are you doing all your shopping online? Are you paying for your gas at the at the pump oh, instead right. of maybe going inside? There's ways that you can interact with people that you might be avoiding, and you can start in those places of saying hi to people who own stores and you know that kind of thing. You can do that. That's a great place to practice. Yeah, it's such a such a uh, pointed moment for uh, for parents too, because you know my kids will be like, I'm bored and I'm I don't know who to play with, and I'm like, well, maybe get off a of TikTok for five minutes and get into the real world, you know, and you'll and you'll meet somebody. So sorry about the <laughs> and you'll meet somebody. Right. They're the kids. <laughs> <laughs> 
They have. There are other kids in the neighborhood. I checked. Uh, all right. Uh, we've been talking to Abby Medcalf. We're going to continue right after these important messages. Uh, but this would be an excellent time for you to go to her website, which is www. Abby A B B Y Medcalf. That's M E D C A L F. Uh, dot com and find out more about that. Abby, you have a you have a giveaway for our folks today, right? Something for free. Yeah. People, listen up. What is it? It's free. <laughs> on my website, there's a communication toolkit for couples, and it's totally free. Wow, uh, I need that. And then I'm also going to give you guys to have on your show notes an attention training booklet because that's really, it's and it's meant for people who are busy and at work and at places, how to start training your attention to focus, to be in the moment so that you can notice when you're not doing the right thing or, or when you are doing the right thing, but you can notice yourself in your moments. And it's got great little tips in there. Quick, easy, very effective. I need that. I need them both. I need the communication toolkit. <laughs> but uh, what was the second thing? I'm kidding. It's an attention training <laughs> booklet. Uh, you can get uh, so you can get the communication toolkit by going to abbymedcalf.com. And to get the attention training booklet, both free, by the way. Thank you so much. Generous. Uh, go to go click on the link in the show notes here at Accomplishment Media or wherever you're getting this podcast. Um, we'll be right back uh, with Abby Medcalf and Alex Terranova. Meanwhile. Your website is thedreammason.com. Got a podcast, The Dream Mason Podcast. And uh, Abby's podcast is Relationships Made Easy, correct? Yep. And we find that yeah. wherever podcasts are available or do they Everywhere. To... Yep, yeah. we're everywhere. So when people walk, when you have to leave the Christmas party because you need a break, you can put on one of our podcasts. <laughs> That's right. And get back grounded again. <laughs> All right. We'll be back right after this. Thanks for you listening to The Coaching Show right here on AccomplishmentMedia.com. Tired of presentations with no impact, no inspiration, and no traction? Do dull speakers have you and your team disengaged and distracted by smartphones? Christopher McAuliffe brings energy, insights, and two decades of experience delivered with punch, humor, and heart. Your team will leave energized, uplifted, and with a sense of purpose. Visit ChristopherMcAuliffe.com to bring some heat to your next speaking engagement. M-C-A-U-L-I-F-F-E. ChristopherMcAuliffe.com. Are you seeking to change your career to something that is both fulfilling and challenging? Do you want to help people reach their full potential and strive to achieve their dreams? Would you like to inspire those around you and help create a better world? If you're serious about a career change or just want to explore the craft of personal coaching, contact Accomplishment Coaching with locations across the country in Washington, D.C., Seattle, Chicago, New York City, and San Diego. Accomplishment Coaching is the leading institution in personal coaching. Our staff carefully monitors the entire program live during the training process and have met the strict standards of ICF International to achieve accreditation. Through a focus on quality instruction rather than endless modules of training, Accomplishment Coaching will guide you from your very first step all the way to becoming one of the finest coaches in the world. Visit AccomplishmentCoaching.com to learn more. Accomplishment Coaching, where coaches lead and leaders coach. Christopher McAuliffe is your source for the latest in the world of personal coaching. Whether it be speaking with such luminaries as Deepak Chopra or getting the newest techniques and innovation, The Coaching Show is always on the cutting edge of what's happening now. The Coaching Show is brought to you by Accomplishment Coaching, home of the world's finest coach training program. Here is Christopher McAuliffe, Master Certified Coach.
Welcome back to another edition of The Coaching Show. We're continuing our conversation with Abby Medcalf. She's a psychologist, author, and speaker. The music's getting louder. It's taking me over. Uh, who has helped thousands of people create uh, happy, connected relationships. She's an author. Her Amazon best-selling book is Be Happily Married, Even If Your Partner Won't Do a Thing, which I should have many copies of, and, and just to add to my wife, and uh, host of the top-rated Relationships Made Easy podcast. You can find out more by going to her website, which is www.abbymedcalf.com. In studio, we've got our usual and delightful guest co-host, Alex Terranova. Alex is a coach and a founder of The Dream Mason. You can find him by going to thedreammason.com. Also, I have a podcast and a book. Your podcast is The Dream Mason Podcast, available at Accomplishment Media or wherever fine podcasts are available. And your book is right here, Fictional Authenticity by Alex Terranova. It says your name right there. You're good. You're on today. You got everything right. So far. Nice job. (laughs) Thanks. You said uh, at the break, you said you had something that, that I wouldn't like. Well, I don't know if you won't like it, but I'm really curious. Abby, where did you like who are your teachers? Who are your guides? Who are the people that are that have you've learned from and take from? Oh boy, these are good. This is a good question. Well, so I I started, you know, this whole journey. Um, I'm a recovering drug addict. And so uh I got into um really trying to change my life at a young age. Uh, when I was getting into recovery and didn't really think I could ever be anything else but what I was. And I'll say I started, and this is in 1985, mm. in a room with 250 people with Anthony Robbins. So wow. this is back when we walked on hot coals with yeah. him. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. you know, like I did that twice. And uh, I did Life Spring and Est. And if there was a thing, I was doing it to really try to change what I thought, who I thought I was. And, uh, so that, and that's really that, uh, beginning of when I started to, to feel like mentors were the most important thing. And that's what, for years now, I, that's what I've been doing is really, uh, following people that I think have so many good things to say. And so for me, uh, I read a book a week, as I think a lot of us do, who've been in this field and trying to change. Uh, and I love uh, the research, as you could probably tell as I talk. Mm-hmm. Um, I really love the research. But uh, one of my kind of heroes has been uh, Timothy Wilson. He wrote a book called Stranger to Ourselves. It's about the adaptive unconscious, which sounds crazy. But that's where that quote comes from, the about 50 the bits per million. second, yeah. right? And the 11 million bits per second. Uh, that's where that's from. And when you start to really look at that kind of research around how our brains really work and how they are, uh, you know, how we have a negativity bias, et cetera, it, that's when I, it, it, it all starts to really make sense to me. So, you know, Rick Hansen is, is huge there. I love Gay Hendricks. I, I've been, again, for years, just sort of adding these great sages, you know, really of our time, I think, who have incredible things to say. Jack Canfield, of course, um, you know, he's Mr. Uh, have a vision. Uh, So uh, I come back to those over and over. And interestingly enough, even with the people I counsel, uh, I often will give them like The Compound Effect by Darren Hardy. Hmm. Uh, What a great book. You know, this is one of the, it's such a great book. And it's this thin, thin book. It's incredible. Um, He's, of course, the publisher of Success Magazine and been around a long time. I love Jim Rohn. And I have found that so much of what works in business works really well with couples and, and, and individuals and vice versa. 
So I've been sort of bridging those two fields for a very long time. I love that. I love that notion because there's so much of long-term relationship anyway, I was unprepared for is negotiation, right? And, and also we, we do, uh, the same, some of the same errors, right? Like in business, one of the biggest issues we know is we've always done it this way, right? Total enemy of business. We hate that. Right. But in relationship, it works. (laughs) You know, I'm thinking even, even in our intimate moments, right? Like we kind of know what works with our partners. So, you know, if if we needed to go our way or if we want to, you know, make them happy, we kind of know, right. We've always done it this way. I, I will say this. I always want people to not think about negotiating or compromising because, again, that's part of the competition. So, you know, it, you, right. you're it's, on a line and you're right. trying to meet in the middle somewhere. So my goal is always that people form a triangle instead. That oh, so you, instead call, you call the line, whole thing into, into question. I'm sorry? You call, I'm sorry to interrupt, but yeah. you're calling the whole thing into question. I thought I, we just have to reframe it, but you're like, no, we yeah. don't want to we don't want to uh, deal with that competition. Because it's it's manipulation on some level, yeah. right? <laughs> and so it doesn't mean that you don't know that your partner really loves flowers and you don't bring them to her or something. It doesn't mean that. That's wonderful. Um, but it does mean that you really think about, oh, I'm going to give this so I get that. Or I just want them to shut up and stop bugging me. So I'm going to say this because that's going to have that effect. That is the competition. That is, well, I want my thing over here, so I'm going to do this to get you to do a certain thing over there. Again, we're we're on opposite teams. You're blowing my little rat like mind. Go. You, yeah, you, I know it's big. It's a paradigm shift. I'm telling you. I did my TED talk on this because it is a paradigm shift. And when you get it, I've had couples I've seen literally one time. <laughs> you know, when they get this concept, it it's done. They're like, oh, I have been really in another way. So I always want you guys you know, two people to come together and then again, have that triangle where you're going up, you're looking ahead. What can we create together that's new and different that hasn't been here before? So it's not each of us because everyone in a compromise or negotiation always thinks they gave up the most every time. And actually the research backs me up on that. Mm -hmm. People think when they compromise or negotiate that they have given up more than the other person. So guess what? I lost. And now I'm pissed that you won. Right. I'm I'm holding a little bit of resentment in our future relationship. Yeah, that hit that, that strikes. Like I feel that way (laughs) always. Um, I just want to get really clear because I think the, the triangle, um, visual is really, can be really powerful. So do you have it? Like, it's like the two people are at the bottom and then the goal is at the top and and that's it. That's the focus. Yep. It's, you know, the triangle of course has been around for many years, the pyramid, right? It's, it's, it's known for that energy that it creates and on a spiritual level. So, but you can just take that on a very, you know, here and now level, but, uh, and in, you know, if you, if you look thousands of years ago, people would talk about God being at the top of that, right? So you're not looking to each other, you're looking up to God. But to me, that's, that's just, God is, is really that, personification of anything that's that's this new thing that we're giving this over to that we're giving up our own you know i have to have it this way and i have to have it this way to what else could be because remember again when you're in the fear part of your brain you're not creative you're not problem solving it's when you're in this neocortex where we think spirituality lives in the brain where we think compassion kindness appreciation all live it's when you're over there that you can get to that other knowing that other answer 
and that creative, new, juicy place where you're really coming together as a shared resource to have something new that you both can come into. And if you're giving your 100%, you will get there. I'm still Uh-oh, got quiet. No, I'm still mind blown on the other thing. I'm just like, oh man, how do I remember that? Okay. Uh do you have something? I can't tell from your face. I, well, I mean, I, I'm writing I'm quiet because I'm like writing down the I'm drawing the triangle, writing down what you're saying, going, this just needs to live on a post-it in my room. Right? <laughs> or like on a tattoo on your arm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there you go. <laughs> so so the thing that I'm struggling with is that you know, in an established relationship, and this is true at work, and this is also very true in my marriage, uh, we've got the the pathways are already set, man. You know, we know how to win. We know how to operate in this competitive, what you're calling the competitive environment. I'm trying to figure out what, uh, is this something where we can act our way into the new framework, or do we have to framework our way into the new action? Does that make yeah, sense? Yeah, no, you, you know, you bring the the mind and the, bo- the body and the mind will follow kind of thing. You know, you start acting in this new way. We know that this always works. It's why visualizations work. So you start being in that new uh, that new thought process and uh, in the new way of thinking. You start being in that we're going to have a solution ahead of us. The solution is not between us. It's ahead of us. And when you believe that and know that with certainty, then, of course, that will show up. And it's just being in that. So no, for, so your first job is to notice when you're in competition, is to notice, because it's so ingrained, you know, you're a fish that doesn't know it's wet, right? It just becomes part of the wallpaper, or the, the background of a, of a relationship. And instead, and we know that the brain loves novelty anyway, it loves new. And that's why a lot of relationships sort of, you know, have that downward trend. Any business that's successful after many years, right? is changing, is growing, it's, it's, it has to have that upward trend. If you stay the same, you're going to go the way of the dinosaur. That is true in relationships too. You might stay married, but are you happily married? Right, are but does anybody want to be in that marriage? Right. Um, mm-hmm. uh, uh, I'm going to jump shift for just a second. Look around outside. What town do you find yourself in? Where do you, where do you operate from? Oh, I live, somehow my little New York City girl has ended up in Berkeley, California. Oh. So, just that's what happens when you <laughs> fall in love and have babies. Yeah. That's what you get. You suddenly get trapped somewhere. <laughs> maybe, uh, maybe sage it and just, you know, get some patchouli and it'll feel better. Yeah. Oh my God. And I walk around in my stilettos and my bags and yeah, I <laughs> do not like, fit in. This is um, an A-line. Learn the A-line skirt. Right. <laughs> it's very obvious. I'm not from here most of the time as I walk around. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's where I physically find myself now, although it's absolutely beautiful. You know, I'm right here in, where San Francisco is and it's mm-hmm. 10 miles away. It's, yeah, it's an excellent city, by the way. Uh, yeah. But we need to, why I'm bringing it up is because I'm wondering if there are regional differences. In other words, I know that, you know, as I have the privilege to go and train in different parts of the country, you know, there is such a thing as a cultural kind of, you know, milieu. So in there is Pacific Northwest nice, as you've alluded to, New York is often brash and openly confrontational, whereas in the Deep South, you know, people are, will not say a bad Mm -hmm. word at all, right? Right. So uh, does that impact, like, are there, are there cultural differences, whether it's uh, organizationally or country to country or areas of the country that you run into with um, this sort, where this competition may not be existent or it doesn't look like it does in other places? Well, I have to tell you, it's, I get, especially now with the podcast, you know, I actually just got a letter from a wonderful man named Jake in Melbourne, Australia yesterday. Oh, Jake. I've gotten stuff from Sweden and all over the world, literally 
And uh, everyone relates to this. And it and it's true when I speak, because I have had also, luckily, the opportunity to speak, you know, across the these wonderful United States of yes. ours and internationally. And, and I state. have the same thing. People resonate with the message. They get it all the time, all the time. It's that's heartening, I guess, because I'm, you know, I'm thinking like, how do we how do we deal with people who are openly confrontational and and competitive? But it's it's the same, same, same. It's you give the love bomb. I call it the love bomb. <laughs> I, I'm all about the love bomb. And I've worked in big five and, you know, international mergers and acquisitions. I've done all that. And I always give the love bomb everywhere I am. I don't care. The love bomb. We're fans of the love bomb. <laughs> love the love bomb. It works like a charm. And because people at their core want to be loved. At their core, people want to be accepted for who they are and felt like someone gets them. That's what we all want. Because, And I will say this, there's a big difference between unconditional love and unconditional acceptance. You can feel like your parents unconditionally love you, but if you didn't feel accepted by them, mm. then you don't feel loved by them. And that's true in the world. If we don't truly feel accepted for who we are, all the love in the world doesn't, doesn't heal that. We need to feel accepted for who we are, who we're being in the world. So it's, that's why it's not about when I give my 100%, it's not about me watching what the other person does. So, you know, are they giving theirs? Am I getting it back? Because that's the competition again. And that really isn't giving 100%. That's holding back. So, but if I give it fully, it, people feel that acceptance. They're just getting accepted for who they are without all the strings attached. And there is, I'm telling you that, that 11 million bits gets picked up and the reactions are amazing, amazing that people have. Is there a way to practice that you like you have to practice acceptance? Because I know when we get into these highly triggered, right, with our families and our relationships, mm -hmm. and with our son. with our yeah. friends, our, you know, our coworkers, that you know, I know I might go in and being like, I'm gonna accept this person, you know, exactly the way they are and whatnot. Except and they're then... so that way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and well, and I think sometimes we even, especially like you know, us. I think often we want, we see the best in people. We, right. we have actually trained ourselves to see people as their greatest and best self. Right, despite what their actions are showing. And yeah, but yet that might not be who they are to themselves and how they show up and how do we accept them as they are? Do you have, is there, is there a practice that you have? Yeah, I, I mean, for me, it's this consistent focus on being uh, aware in my moments, on training my attention again, or mindfulness, however you want to talk about that, to be in my moment so that I notice when I'm triggered. I notice when it's happening. I just had a conversation with my sister yesterday about one of my brothers who is uh, oh, a little one. difficult. <laughs> and, uh, and, I and she was fighting with him. And I said to her, you know, he is who he is. Just love him. Like, mm -hmm. why are you railing against the machine? He's been this way our whole lives. You know, just love him. Just love him. This is it. And, and, you know, I could fear her, feel her, you know, breath go out and like, oh, yeah, yeah, all right. You know, there's this knowing about that. And so, but if you're not aware in your moments, you don't remember to do it. That's why I always say self-awareness and mindfulness are the most important things in any relationship. It's the most important thing you can practice is how to be not just self-aware, because sometimes we're self-aware, but we're still not mindful, but <laughs> to be self-aware and learn to be mindful and be training our attention to be focusing in our moments and noticing what, as we're talking this whole time, I have been noticing like, oh, am I getting anxious? Or, oh, was I speaking too much? Or, oh, was I not speaking enough? Or, you know, I'm noticing what's happening. And 
so that we can have a nice convert, you know, a great conversation that flows, right? It's, it's, it's being in the moment. I'm reminded that uh, Deepak Chopra talks about two different things, intention and attention, and you're speaking to both of those things. Exactly. Exactly. I talk about that too, not just Deepak. Yes. Uh, I'm with you. It's, it's now no competition with Deepak. Just saying. (laughs) Well, I want to, I'm curious to follow this up with, so outside of abusive situations where people are actually mm-hmm. being abused or violence, right. you know, how do we know or how do you teach people to where the line is where they might actually like, hey, you know, you, you said the example of your brother. We don't know your brother, but let's say it was unhealthy to go home and be in a space with him. How do you decide what the like where the line is uh, uh, with with abuse put aside right let's say like we all that we we wouldn't yeah just accept we all get that, we're right. not accepting that it's okay to beat us up or verbally mm-hmm. abuse us but without out of the way how do we draw the line between i accept them and i actually can't be with them or be around them mm-hmm. it's and that's okay by the way is to so but noticing it okay. is all you don't unless you are self where unless you are in those moments, really seeing, again, you have to practice that tool or none of the other tools matter because you won't remember to use them. But I will say, you know, I can be with my family, (laughs) my Jewish mother, uh, and I can be with her. And I was triggered by her for many years. And now I can be with her and I just draw the boundaries when I'm with her. So yeah, I might have an exit plan, you know, really clearly. I might, I don't, talk about certain things. One of my favorites is that I always have a topic at the top of hand. And I say this, if you're going into those holiday parties also, (laughs) I always have a topic before I go in. So I set my intention. I have that moment. And then I really think about what things could I bring a value that if things go off course, I could inject. And so for me with my mom, it's easy. It's things around my kids. So I have little stories ready to go. So when she starts to be what I consider trampling my boundaries, I can definitely change the subject and take a breath and move into that other place. Beautiful. That that's going to be useful. I think we just figured out your thing too, because yours is like your default is like, oh, that person's not good enough for you. Get them new partner, good partner, (laughs) not good partner. (laughs) Want to know where you fall? I'm kidding. Uh, All right. Uh, man, this has been useful and helpful, and our time has flown by. Uh, I want to—we've got just a minute or two left in our time together, and I want to give it all to you. If you had something to say to a few thousand coaches, what would you have us remember this holiday season or going into the new year? Oh, that's so good. Oh, in a minute or two, you're mean. Okay, so I—I'm <laughs> good and mean. You know, that's what I'm taking. I would really say that to everyone: be a leader in all of your relationships. Hmm. So be the, be the person, be the love, be the warm fire. It's a cold world out there, people. <laughs> Let people come warm their hands by you. Be that person and that energy that is about giving and being in 100% to yourself too, obviously, so that you can keep that battery high. Uh, but, but really focus on that intention of being a leader in the place where people feel safe and at ease. Uh, and want to be. What a beautiful note. Thank you so much. And there's more where that came from. Go immediately to Abby, A-B-B-Y, Medcalf, M-E-D-C-A-L-F. There you will find uh, for free a communication toolkit for your relationships. And then if you are listening to this podcast, if you're within the sound of our voice or the vision of our loveliness, um, please uh, check out the show notes and get the link to the attention training booklet 
Um, anything for you, sir? Anything that you'd like to say or? I mean, whenever we have conversations like this that I feel like I learn a lot and they're very like personal in nature, I'm like, man, I wonder what would happen if I went back and, and applied some of these right. things to yeah. my life. Yeah. Thank you so much for being with us. Thanks for sharing with us your happy experience. And um, uh, you can find out more about Alex by going to thedreammason.com, the Dream Mason podcast, or by reading his book, Fictional Authenticity, which is available wherever fine books are sold, as long as you're going to Amazon or thedreammason.com. <laughs> and uh, of course, Abby's uh, podcast is Relationships Made Easy. Check that out. I am Christopher McAuliffe, and I thank you, dear listener and observer today, uh, for being with us. This is another edition of The Coaching Show. We'll talk to you next week. 